Hello, and welcome to the Brothers Grimm Lunch Break. I'm Eric Wagoner. Today I'll be reading The Magic Table, The Golden Donkey, and The Club in the Sack. In the days of old, there was a tailor who had three sons and only one goat. Since they all lived on the goat's milk, she had to be fed well and taken out each day to graze somewhere. The sons took turns doing this, and one day the oldest son led her to the churchyard where the finest grass was growing. He let her graze there and run about. In the evening, when it was time to go home, he asked her, "'Goat, have you had enough?' The goat answered, "'Oh, my, I'm stuffed! Enough's enough! Meh, meh!' "'Then let's head for home,' said the boy." He took her by the rope, led her back to the barn, and tied her up. Well, said the old tailor, did the goat have a proper feeding? Oh, answered the son, she's really stuffed. I can tell she's had more than enough. But the father wanted to make sure of everything himself. So he went down to the barn, patted the precious creature, and asked, Goat, have you had enough? The goat replied, How can I have eaten enough? when the ground was dry and horribly rough, and the leaves and grass were much too tough. Meh, meh. What's this I hear? the tailor exclaimed, and he ran upstairs to his son. You liar, he yelled. You said the goat had enough to eat, and yet you let her starve. And in his rage, he grabbed his yardstick from the wall, gave his son a good beating, and drove him out of the house. The next day it was the second son's turn, and he chose a place near the garden hedge where only the very best grass was growing, and the goat combed it clean. In the evening, when the son wanted to go home, he asked, Goat, have you had enough? The goat answered, Oh my, I'm stuffed. Enough's enough. Meh, meh. Then let's head for home, said the boy, and he pulled her home and tied her up in the barn. Well, said the old tailor, did the goat have a proper feeding? Oh, answered the son, she's really stuffed. I can tell she's had more than enough. Since the tailor did not trust his son, he went down to the barn and asked, Goat, have you had enough? The goat replied, How can I have eaten enough when the ground was dry and horribly rough and the leaves and the grass were much too tough? Meh, meh. The godless scoundrel, the tailor screamed. How could he let such a good creature starve? And he ran out, grabbed his yardstick, and beat his second son out of the house. Now it was the third son's turn, and he wanted to do a good job. He looked for bushes with the finest leaves and let the goat eat them. In the evening, when he wanted to go home, he asked, Goat, have you had enough? The goat answered, Oh my, I'm stuffed. Enough's enough. Meh, meh. Then let's head for home, said the boy. He led her into the barn and tied her up. Well, said the old tailor, did the goat have a proper feeding? Oh, answered the son, she's really stuffed. I can tell she's had more than enough. Since the tailor did not trust him, he went downstairs and asked, Goat, have you had enough? The wicked animal replied, how can I have eaten enough when the ground was dry and horribly rough and the leaves and grass were much too tough? Meh, meh.
Oh, you pack of liars! the tailor exclaimed. One as devious and unreliable as the next. You're not going to make a fool of me any more. And in his rage, he lost control of himself, ran upstairs, and gave his third son such a terrible beating with his yardstick that the boy ran out of the house. Now the old tailor was alone with his goat. The next morning he went down into the barn, patted the goat, and said, Come, my dear little goat, I myself shall take you out to graze. He took her by the rope and led her to green hedges, clusters of yarrow, and to other things that goats like to eat. This time you can eat to your heart's content, he said to her, and let her graze until evening. Then he said, Goat, have you had enough? The goat answered, Oh my, I'm stuffed. Enough's enough. Meh, meh. Then let's head for home, said the tailor, and he led her into the barn and tied her up. Just as he was about to leave, he turned around once more and said, Now you've really had enough for once. But the goat was just as ornery to him as usual and cried out, How can I have eaten enough when the ground was dry and horribly rough and the leaves and grass were much too tough? Meh, meh. When the tailor heard that, he was stunned, and he realized he had driven his sons away without cause. Just you wait, he exclaimed, you ungrateful creature. Sending you away would be much too mild a punishment for you. I'm going to brand you so you'll never be able to show your face among honest tailors any more. He ran upstairs in great haste, fetched his razor, lathered the goat's head, and shaved it as smooth as the palm of his hand. And, since he thought the yardstick would be too good for her, he got out his whip and gave her such a thrashing that she leapt high in the air and dashed away. When the tailor was all alone in his house, he fell into a great depression and wished his sons were there again. But no one knew where they had gone. Meanwhile, his oldest son had taken on as an apprentice with a carpenter. He worked hard and learned diligently, and when the time came for him to depart and begin his travels as a journeyman, the master gave him a little table that did not appear to be anything special and was made out of ordinary wood. However, it had one good quality. Whenever one put it down and said, Table, be covered, it would immediately be covered by a clean tablecloth, and on it would be a plate with a fork and a knife and dishes with roasted and stewed meat, as much as there was room for on the table, and a large glass of sparkling red wine to tickle one's throat. The young journeyman thought, That's enough to keep you going for the rest of your life. Naturally, his spirits were high as he set out on his travels in the world. He did not care whether an inn was good or bad, or whether he would find something to eat there or not. If he had no desire to stop at an inn, he just went into a field, a forest, or a meadow, wherever he liked. Then he took the little table off his back, set it down before him, and said, Be covered. In seconds, everything his heart desired was there. At length he decided to return to his father, in the hope that his father's anger might have subsided, and that he might be glad to see him with a magic table. Now it happened that on his way home he stopped in an inn, which was filled with guests. They greeted him warmly, and invited him to sit down and eat with them, otherwise he would have trouble getting something to eat so late. No, the carpenter said, I don't want to take away your last few morsels. Instead, I'd prefer you to be my guests. They all laughed and thought he was joking with them, but he set up his little table in the middle of the room and said, Table, be covered. 
Within seconds, the table was covered with much better food than the innkeeper could have produced, and the guests inhaled their lovely aroma with their nostrils. "'Help yourselves, dear friends,' said the carpenter, and when the guests realized he meant it, they did not have to be asked twice. They drew up their seats, pulled out their knives, and plunged in bravely. What astonished them was that a new dish appeared by itself as soon as one dish became empty. The innkeeper stood in a corner and watched everything without knowing what to say, but he thought, I could certainly use a cook like that in my business. The carpenter and his companions enjoyed themselves until late into the night. Finally, they went to sleep, and the young journeyman put his magic table against the wall and went to bed too. The innkeeper's thoughts, however, left him no peace, and he recalled that there was an old table in the storage room that looked just like the magic one. He went and got it, and then switched it quietly with the magic table. The next morning, the carpenter paid for the lodging and packed the table on his back without realizing that he had the wrong one. He set out on his way, and at noon came to his father, who welcomed him with great joy. "'Well, my dear son, what have you learned?' he asked him. "'Father, I've become a carpenter.' "'That's a good trade,' replied the old man. "'But what have you brought back with you from your travels?' "'Father, the best thing I've brought back is this table.' The tailor examined it from all sides and said, "'I can't say that you've made a masterpiece.' It's just a shabby old table. But it's a magic table, answered his son. When I put it down and tell it to be covered, the most delicious dishes appear at once, and wine as well. It will warm your heart with joy. Just invite all our relatives and friends. I'll provide them with good refreshments and a fine meal. My table will give them more than enough to eat. When the company was assembled, he set the table in the middle of the parlor and said, Table, be covered. But the table did not move an inch. It remained just as bare as any ordinary table that cannot understand speech. The poor journeyman now realized that his table had been switched, and he was ashamed at having to appear like a liar. His relatives laughed at him, but they were forced to return home without having anything to eat or drink. His father got out his sewing material again and resumed working, while the son found a job with a master. The second son had gone to a miller to serve an apprenticeship. When his years were up, the master said, Since you've done such a good job, I'm going to give you a special kind of donkey. He doesn't draw carts, nor does he carry sacks. Well, what's he good for? asked the young journeyman. He spits gold, the miller replied. If you sit him on a piece of cloth and say, Bricklebrit, the good animal will spit out gold pieces from the front and behind. That's a wonderful thing, said the journeyman, who thanked his master and went out into the world. Whenever he needed money, he only had to say, Bricklebrit, to his donkey, and it would rain gold pieces, which he picked off the ground. Wherever he went, only the best was good enough for him, and the more expensive the better, for his purse was always full. After he had traveled about in the world for some time, he thought, You really ought to seek out your father. If you return to him with a gold donkey, he's bound to forget his anger and give you a nice welcome. It so happened that he stopped at the same inn in which his brother's magic table had been switched. He led his donkey by the bridle, and the innkeeper wanted to take the animal from him and tie it up. But the young journeyman said, Don't bother yourself. 
I'll lead my gray steed into the stable myself and tie him up, because I must know where he is. The innkeeper found this strange and thought that whoever had to take care of his donkey himself did not have much money to spend. But when the stranger reached into his pocket, took out two gold coins, and told him to buy something very good for him, the innkeeper's eyes opened wide. He promptly ran and brought out the best food he could find. After the meal, the guest asked the innkeeper what he owed him, and the innkeeper, who had no scruples about chalking up double the amount, charged him another couple of gold pieces. The journeyman reached into his pocket, but his gold had just run out. "'Wait a minute, innkeeper,' he said. "'I just want to go and fetch some gold.' As he left, he took the tablecloth with him, and the innkeeper did not know what to make of that. Since he was curious, he sneaked after him, and when the guest bolted the stable door, the innkeeper peeped through a knothole. The stranger spread the tablecloth out under the donkey and said, Bricklebrit, and instantly the animal began to spit so much gold from the front and the rear that it was like a good rainfall. The devil take me, said the innkeeper. What a way to mint ducats. I wouldn't mind having a money purse like that. The guest paid his bill and went to sleep, but the innkeeper crept into the stable led the money-maker away, and tied up another donkey in its place. Early the next morning, the journeyman departed with a donkey that he thought was his gold donkey. At noon he arrived at his father's house, and the father was delighted to see his son again and give him a nice welcome. "'What have you made of yourself, my son?' asked the old man. "'A miller, dear father,' he replied. "'What have you brought back with you from your travels?' "'Nothing but a donkey.' There are plenty of donkeys here, the father said. I really would have preferred a good goat. Yes, responded the son, but this is not an ordinary donkey. It's a gold donkey. If I say Bricklebrit, the good animal spits out enough gold to cover a piece of cloth. Just call our relatives together, and I'll make them all rich people. I like that idea, said the tailor. Then I won't have to torture myself any more with this sewing. He himself ran off to gather the relatives together. As soon as they were all assembled, the miller told them to make room. Then he spread his piece of cloth on the floor and brought the donkey into the parlor. Now pay attention, he said, and cried out, Bricklebrit! But what fell were not gold pieces, and it was quite clear that the animal knew nothing about the art of making gold, for there are very few donkeys who become so accomplished." The poor miller made a long face. He realized that he had been cheated and apologized to his relatives, who went home as poor as they had come. As for the old man, there was nothing left to do but resume tailoring, and the son hired himself out to a miller. The third brother had become an apprentice to a turner, and since this is a craft that demands great skill, his apprenticeship had lasted the longest. During this time he had received a letter from his brothers, in which they told him about their terrible experiences with the innkeeper who had stolen their magical gifts on the last night before they were to return home. When he had finished his apprenticeship as Turner and was about to set out on his travels, his master gave him a sack because he had done such a good job. "'There is a club in the sack,' said the master. "'I can carry the sack on my back, and it may come in handy, but what can I do with the club? It will only make the sack heavy.' "'I'll tell you,' responded the master. "'If someone threatens to harm you, 
You just have to say, club, come out of the sack. And the club will jump out at the people and dance on their backs so spiritedly that they won't be able to move a bone in their body for a week. And the club won't let up until you say, club, get back in the sack. The journeyman thanked him, swung the sack over his shoulder, and if anyone came too close to him and threatened him, he would say, club, come out of the sack. And the club would immediately jump out and dust off the fellow's coat or jacket without waiting for him to take it off, and then it would finish off all the others, one by one. And that would all happen so quickly that it would be over before one had any time to think. It was evening when the young Turner arrived at the inn where his two brothers had been cheated. He put his knapsack down on the table in front of him and began to tell stories about the remarkable things he had seen in the world. Yes, he said. Some people come across such things as a magic table, a gold donkey, and the like. These are wonderful things, and not to be laughed at, but they're nothing compared to the treasures I've acquired, and I've got it right here in my sack. The innkeeper pricked up his ears. What in the world could that be? he thought. Perhaps the sack is filled with jewels. There's no reason why they shouldn't be mine as well, for all good things come in threes. When it was bedtime, the guest stretched himself out on the bench and put his sack underneath his head as a pillow. When the innkeeper thought the guest was sound asleep, he went over to him and cautiously tugged and pulled at the sack to see if he could quietly replace it with another. But the turner had been waiting for this moment, and just as the innkeeper was about to make a final hearty tug, he cried out, Club, come out of the sack! Immediately the club jumped out of the sack and beat the innkeeper all over his body until the seams of his clothes burst. The innkeeper screamed for mercy, but the louder he screamed, the harder the club beat in rhythm on his back until the innkeeper eventually fell to the ground exhausted. Then the turner said, If you don't give me the magic table and the gold donkey, the dance will soon begin again. Oh no, the innkeeper exclaimed. I'll gladly return everything to you. Just have that cursed hobgoblin crawl back into the sack. Mercy shall prevail over justice this time, said the journeyman. But you'd better watch your step in the future. Then he cried out, Club, get back in the sack. The next morning, the turner took the magic table and the gold donkey and continued his journey home to his father. The tailor was delighted to see him again and asked him what he had learned in foreign countries. Dear father, he replied, I've become a turner. That's a craft that demands a lot of skill, said the father. What have you brought back with you from your travels? A precious thing, dear father, he replied, a club in a sack. What? exclaimed the father. A club? Well, that's not worth the trouble. You can chop off a club from any old tree. But not this kind, dear father. If I say, club, come out of the sack. The club will come out and start dancing vigorously on anyone who threatens me, and the club won't stop until the person is lying on the ground and begging for mercy. You see, this club helped me get back the magic table and the gold donkey that the thieving innkeeper stole from my brothers. Now I want you to invite both of them and all our relatives, for I'm going to provide them with food and drink and fill their pockets with gold as well. Although the tailor did not entirely believe him, he gathered all the relatives together. The turner spread out a piece of cloth in the parlor, led the gold donkey inside, and said to his brother, Now, dear brother, speak to him. The miller said, Bricklebrit, 
and within seconds there were gold pieces pouring onto the cloth as though there had been a sudden thunderstorm. Moreover, the donkey did not stop until they all had more than they could carry. I can tell from the look on your face that you would have liked to have been there too. Then the turner fetched the table and said, Now, dear brother, speak to it. No sooner did the carpenter say, Table, be covered, than it was covered and offered an abundance of the finest dishes. Never in his life had the old tailor enjoyed such a meal as the one held in his house that day. All the relatives stayed late into the night, and they were merry and happy. The tailor locked up his needle and thread and his yardstick and flat iron in a cupboard and lived with his sons in joy and splendor. But whatever happened to that goat that was to blame for the tailor's driving out his three sons? Let me tell you. She was so ashamed of her bald head that she ran into a foxhole and crawled inside. When the fox came home, a pair of eyes glared at him out of the darkness. He became so frightened that he ran away. When he encountered the bear, he looked so upset that the bear asked, "'What's the matter, Brother Fox? Why are you making such a face?' "'Oh,' answered Red Fox, "'a gruesome beast is sitting in my cave, and he glared at me with fiery eyes.' "'Well, we'll soon get rid of him,' said the bear." And he went to the cave and looked inside. But when he saw the fiery eyes, he too was struck by fear. He wanted nothing to do with the gruesome beast and took off. Soon he met the bee. And when the bee noticed that the bear was looking very pale, she asked, Bee, you look so miserable. What's happened to your good spirits? It's easy for you to talk, the bear responded. But there's a gruesome beast with glaring eyes in Red Fox's house, and we can't drive him out. I feel sorry for you, Bear, said the bee. You and the fox barely acknowledge me when you see me, because I'm such a poor, weak creature. Still, I think I can help you. She flew into the foxhole, landed on the goat's smooth-shaven head, and stung her so hard that the goat jumped up, screaming, Meh! Meh! and ran like mad out into the world. And to this day, nobody knows what has become of her. The End The Brothers Grimm Lunch Break is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Download it and share it all you'd like, but don't change it or sell it. The translations used are copyright Jack Zipes and are used with permission. His collected translations, The Complete Fairy Tales of the Brothers Grimm, is available on the media of your choice from Bantam Books. The music is Mount Timbrel by Jamie Janover off his All Strings Considered album, available on magnatune.com. If you'd like to listen to any of the other tales, you can find them on our website, www.grimlunch.org, where you can also leave comments or subscribe through iTunes. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.